just really searching right now. I mean, my favorite professor doesn't even believe in God. And my roommate is part of this totally different religion that's it's actually pretty interesting to me. And then there's my boyfriend who just kind of picks and chooses from different religions. You know, I, I always thought I knew what I believed about God. Now I'm just not sure. Well, the good news is it doesn't really matter what you believe, as long as you're sincere. I shouldn't even have to tell you this, but God never said that. I do believe that sincerely look like it hurt. You got one on your hair. It's hilarious. I like that one. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, welcome again to Fur Road. Uh, as Jordan talked about, our trunk retreats tonight. And so I thought in honor of that, I'd tell a fun kid's story to start with. There's an author named Lori Beth Jones, and she tells this story in her book uh, called Grow Something Besides Old. And it, it's, uh, she talks about one Halloween night when she had underestimated the number of kids that were going to come to her door to trick-or-treat, and she ran out of candy, and so in desperation she started handing out quarters and nickels and dimes, and one little girl about five years old, she was dressed as a fairy princess, she came to her door, and she had a little crown and the wand and, and everything, and, and uh, Jones dropped two quarters into the child's sack and said to her, I've run out of candy, but tomorrow you can take them to the store and turn them into real candy. And the little girl stepped back and looked up her and said, Lady, this isn't a real wand. <laughs> Kids are awesome, aren't they? And, and tonight's going to be awesome. Uh, we're in week four of our sermon series, God Never Said That, and uh, we've been looking at common sayings that, that many people believe to be true, but in reality, God never said that. And, and uh, last week, we looked at the m- misbelief that it doesn't matter what you do. Your actions don't matter as long as they don't hurt anyone else. Today, our topic is... It doesn't matter what you believe. And so we're going to look at, at this idea that has been extremely prevalent in our country and more, more so uh, even amongst Christian followers, uh, believers, and that, and that is that it doesn't matter what you believe or what religion you follow uh, or don't follow as long as you are sincere. Uh, it just doesn't really matter what you believe. And there are many beliefs and they're all equally valid just just be a good person or take a little bit from each religion, whatever fits you best. And it sounds pretty good from a, an emotional standpoint. Uh, you know, all roads lead to God. All, all religions are basically the same. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. And, and if you don't believe in God at all, that's okay too, as long as you're a good person and you're true to yourself. It sounds good, but friends, this is simply, there's too much at stake to buy into that, that reasoning, that thinking. So what I find interesting is that it, it isn't very controversial to say you believe in God or uh, a higher power. You, you can talk about spirituality all day long. You can, you can talk about a higher power. But when you start talking about Jesus, that's when things start to get a little interesting. And, and even when you're talking about Jesus, most people don't debate that there was a historical figure uh, named Jesus and, and uh, you know, people even concede that he was a, a good teacher, he, he was a moral person, he helped the poor, he loved people. 
Where many people start having a problem is when you start making uh, exclusive claims that Jesus is the only way to God. And that's when people start getting really defensive. And that's, that's when you become, oh man, you're so narrow-minded. And, and people start shutting you out. And, and I realize that I'm in large part preaching to the choir here today, but hopefully I'll give you guys a few things to, to think about along the way and hopefully strengthen your resolve to just keep fighting the good fight, as Paul was able to say at the end of his life, because this is important stuff. Um, because it's becoming less and less popular to make any exclusive claims about Christianity. But guys, I believe that we have to take a stand on the truth of God's Word even if it is not popular. Okay, we need to understand that it is not a negative thing to talk about Jesus. Okay, it's almost like we have to feel guilty now. It's not. It's a it's a good thing that the the message of Jesus is good news to a lost world. Amen. Okay, and so we we need to be excited about that. Don't let the world intimidate us. And and there's two key verses that I think we really have to cling to. Uh, and I'm sure you're, they're familiar to most of you. The first one is the claim that Jesus made himself in John 14:6. And in the passage leading up to this, Jesus was talking to his disciples about him leaving and uh, he's preparing a place for them and he'll come back. And, and, and Thomas was confused and I'm sure the other disciples were confused too. But he spoke up and, and he said, Lord, you know, we don't even know where you're going, so how can we know how to get there? And that's when Jesus made This awesome claim, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There it is. Okay, that that is more than Jesus being a a nice teacher and and just being loving and kind. That, That is an exclusive claim right there. That to get to God, the road has to go through Jesus. And it it's either true or it's not true. Okay? Uh it can't be both. Either he is the way to the Father or he's not. But, but you really can't say that Jesus is one of many ways, okay? That, that just doesn't go along with what Jesus is saying. Ravi Zacharias, he said this, Imagine we're standing next to each other on the same side of the street, and I say, there's a bus coming, or there's no bus coming. I, I will cross the street. It's safe. But you say, there is a bus coming. I will not cross. Okay, one of you is right and one of you is wrong, okay? All right, you both can't be right on that. If the person says there is no bus and they step out in the street and there is a bus, what's going to happen? Splat, okay? That, that's just not, that's concrete. It's, it's uh, one way or the other. You both can't be right. And if Jesus was a good man and a good teacher, why would he lie about this? Okay, think about it. So that, that's one verse that's a key verse. Another key verse in talking about the exclusivity of Jesus comes from Peter in the book of Acts. And, and he was giving a speech to the Jewish leaders. And this is really important, I think, because it shows that the disciples understood the claim that Jesus was making. Okay, Peter said this in Acts 4.12, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Okay, that, that's pretty exclusive, isn't it? Uh, you know, if I buy a regular seat on a plane, which I always do, <laughs> if I stop on the way back to my seat and I get in a first-class seat, okay, it will not take them long for them to say, Sir, no, uh, you're back there. You're in the cheap seats. So they'll escort me back. You know, being a good person doesn't allow me to have a first-class seat. Um, it's exclusive 
for those who paid extra money, okay? Um, although one time, still a little bitter about this, but I was taking a, a group of students on a mission trip to Taiwan, and uh, we had, uh, my family was going to stay a little longer after they came back, and so we were on kind of a separate reservation than the rest of the students. And so we get on the plane and we get ready to leave, on, and this is the long flight, the 13-hour flight um, to Taiwan. And they come back to the students and said, hey, we have some extra business seat class uh, seats, um, business class seats. Would you like to sit up there? All the students. And, and my family is like right next to them. But we didn't get to go. They got, so on these long flights, they have uh, three seats, first class business and um, your poor seats, the cheap seats. And so we're, we're in the cheap seats, but they got to go up to the business seats, and they're waving back, yeah, hey, Dan, how you doing? Um, so they did not earn it in that instance. They didn't pay for it, but they got it anyway. Um, but usually, the first class, the business class, are exclusive for those who buy them. Our culture doesn't like it, but that doesn't change the truth that the only way to God, according to the Bible, is exclusively through Jesus Christ. There's not another way. You know, it's interesting in this little um, story about Peter that he was giving it to the religious leaders, and he and John had um, just healed right before this a crippled beggar. And the Jewish leaders, they, they said to themselves, you know, we, we can't deny this miracle that this happened. It, I mean, everybody saw it. It happened. So, so what do we do? Let's just tell them to, to leave. and Just warn them. You know, put them in jail for a while and say, you know, you guys, get out of here. Uh, you know, be quiet, get out of here. And Peter and John are like, we can't, no, we can't do that. I'm sorry. Um, you know, this is what we've seen. And so these exclusive claims set Christianity apart from other religions. And, and that's what gets people upset. Let me give you just a brief look at three major world religions. Buddhism, Hinduism, and Islam. In Buddhism... There really is no God. There, there's no final type of existence. A Buddhist would believe in countless rebirths. We're continually reborn, and the goal is to end the cycle of rebirths until there is just kind of nothingness. Okay? The goal is to overcome desire by following the eightfold path to enlightenment and, and achieve nirvana, total nothingness, and a, a loss of self. So that's Buddhism. Hinduism, the ultimate goal is also called nirvana, but but it has a, a separate, a different kind of meaning than Buddhism. Here it just refers to the reunion with Brahma, the all-pervading force of the universe, and uh, that is Hindu's chief god of the 330 million gods that they have. Okay, All individuality is lost, but, but without the total kind of self-annihilation of Buddhism. Nirvana is achieved through a continuous cycle of life and death and rebirth, uh, the law of karma. Okay, if we lead a moral life, then we move up on the scale uh, of life with more comfort and less suffering. If we have a bad life, then we move down the scale in the next life. And, and someone is, if they're bad enough, they'll return as an animal or an a insect. Neither Buddhism or Hinduism offer forgiveness or supernatural help, only karma. And so if you do bad things, bad things will happen to you. If you do good things, good things might happen. In Islam, heaven is kind of a, a paradise of wine and women and song, and, but it's achieved by abstaining from these things in this life. And then there's the five pillars of Islam, 
You repeat that creed. You make a pilgrimage to Mecca, giving alms to the poor, praying five times daily, and keeping the one-month daytime fast of Ramadan. Okay, there's no possibility of assurance that you will go to paradise. You just do your best to earn it. And the prophet Muhammad, he rejected the idea that that Jesus could be God. Muslims consider Jesus as one of the prophets, but not as God incarnate. Allah is totally removed from people. He's responsible for evil as well as good. He's not depicted as a deity who loves his creation. And so this distant concept of God makes the idea of the incarnation of Jesus inconceivable to the, the Muslim. How could God ever have contact with mortal humans who are in sin and misery? And so you can see that all these are kind of very different than Christianity. What do they all have in common? They're all about what you do, okay, what you achieve. They're not about what God has done for you. They're based on completely different foundations. I also wanted to mention another group of people here in the United States. It's a group that's growing faster than any other religious group, and it's actually not a religion at all. It's a non-religion. The fastest growing group in the U.S. is the, the nuns, okay? Not the Catholic nuns, N-U-N-S. The, this is the po- people who say they, they aren't anything. They aren't any religion, N-O-N-E-S. These are people would, would check none on a survey if they're asking what religion you are. Uh, and uh, there was a study done in 2017 by the American Family Survey, it's called. 33% identified as Protestant. 21% identified as Catholic. The largest group was 34% was the nuns. And so for that study, it was those who identified as either atheist, agnostic, or nothing. I don't know about you guys. Uh, that's scary to me to hear that. Uh, 34%. Um, and so maybe I, sh- I should have called the message, it doesn't matter what you believe or don't believe. Okay, so, so when somebody says it... Um, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe or don't believe. We need to, we need to take that at heart. Um, because there, there's millions of Americans who, you know, God's not even really on the radar screen at all. That, that's not, I mean, that's not even a factor. Um, but it matters. This matters because of Jesus. And, and so I just want to remind you guys of a few things this morning to keep in mind. Uh, these are on the back of your bulletin if you want to follow along. But don't forget, first of all, who Jesus came for. Okay, who Jesus came for. Um, Mark two sixteen and 17 says this, When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. See, Jesus, what did he do? He, he turned everything upside down. He hung out with people that, that you're not supposed to hang out with. Okay, these are messy people. Okay, they, they, they just were the kind of people Jesus said, yeah, I'm here for you. Okay, he came for sinners. The reality is that the Jewish leaders were also sinners. They just didn't realize it. They thought they, they had it all figured out. But by saying that he came to those who were despised and rejected by society, Jesus is saying, yeah, I came for everybody, even the, the worst of the worst, the biggest sinners. Of course, you know the story the other time when the woman was caught in adultery and the religious people said, hey, you know, we need to stone her right now. That's what the law says. And, and Jesus said, remember, go ahead, throw the first stone um, if you're without a sin. 
And he looked at the woman when nobody threw a stone and said, you know, go and, and sin no more. Remember who Jesus came for. And I just want to remind you guys uh, again that tonight, our, our, our trunk or tree, we have the opportunity to just show the love of Jesus to, to everyone who comes tonight. There will be hundreds of people. Many will be Christians already, but I'm pretty sure that many will not. And we have the chance to, to be a light to our community tonight. Our smiles, our, our kind words, your, your sacrifices, they'll be noticed. And, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that are just there for the candy and food, and that's okay. It's good, clean family fun. But, but there might be a few who notice that there's something different about this, you know, this thing going on out in the country. What, who, who is this church? What is this thing? And, and there will probably be people who have a bad taste in their mouth about church or about Christianity. And, and maybe we, tonight we can just kind of start breaking down some of those barriers to begin to change those perceptions. And so just remember as those who are helping and working, just remember that it's more than just a, an event. We're, we are we're representing Jesus tonight. And so let's have fun with it. And it's going to be a great night. So remember who Jesus came for. Then let's remember why Jesus came. Okay, Jesus came out of love and and Jesus showed his love in a lot of different ways while he was here, and, and he, he performed some incredible miracles. And we could go around the room and pick out your favorite miracles, but you know, he didn't really come to perform, to perform miracles. When it comes right down to it, Jesus came here to die. Um, here's the thing you know, God hates sin. And sin goes against God's very nature. And God could have said, That's it, I'm done with people. Um, that, you know, no more, but he didn't. And so God, the Son, Jesus, emptied himself and came to this earth to die in place of our sins. And, and while he's on the cross being mocked by his, his own creation, and when they had beaten him to the point of being unrecognizable, and, and they drove stakes through his, his wrists and, and through his ankles, and, and they hung him on the instrument of torture, and, and Jesus looked up to heaven, and, and remember what he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And, and the earth went dark, and, and the earth shook, and, and the centurion who was, was not a believer at, at that time, he looked at Jesus on the cross and and. and thought surely this man was the son of God and you guys know the story three days later when the stone was rolled away the tomb was empty Jesus was victorious over death don't forget why Jesus came don't buy into the lie that that it doesn't matter what you believe okay that that cheapens what Jesus did for us I like how Peter said it in Acts 3.15, you, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. You know, Peter said, you know, we were there. We saw it with our own eyes. You know, one of the biggest tipping points in a crime is, is was there an eyewitness? Did somebody see it happen? And, and that often means the difference between guilt or innocence. Peter said, we saw it with our own eyes. He, he was fully dead, and then he was fully alive. And there was one disciple, you remember, who doubted at first because he, he wasn't with the other disciples and when he first made an appearance to them after the resurrection. And then he said, you know what? I, I have to see this for myself before I'm going to believe it. Who was that? Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. And, and, and so Jesus did appear 
to Thomas. And he said to Thomas, stop doubting and believe. And he did. And remember what he said? My Lord and my God. And history tells us that he became a great evangelist to India. He was spreading the message of Jesus. And when he was facing really heavy persecution, they at one point said, you need to deny who Jesus is. You need to renounce your faith in Jesus Christ. And Thomas said, I'll never renounce my Savior. And they drove a spear through his body, killing him. Why would he die for his faith that he once doubted? Because he'd seen the risen Savior. Remember why Jesus came. And then don't forget the message of Jesus. Okay, here's where the, the rubber hits the road. Okay, yes, Jesus came for sinners. Yes, Jesus came to die. But it's not just an automatic birth into his kingdom. Okay, it's not just a Jesus died so everybody is in type thing. And at, at every funeral I've ever been at, you know, people say that they are in a, a better place now. And that's true if they were born again followers of Jesus. But it's not an automatic bid just because Jesus came. We're about to start the college basketball season. At the end of the season, you know, it's March Madness, and we do polls, and we do one here on the staff, and nobody else cares, and, and I never win, and <laughs> it's not fair. But, um, but in that tournament, there's 32 teams that have automatic bids, okay, because their conference gets an automatic bid. If they win their conference, they know they're in the tournament. Uh, all the rest of the teams have to kind of wait and see if they get a, a bid. They call it an at-large berth into the tournament. We need to remember that becoming a part of God's kingdom, it's, there's not an automatic bid to it. But it is promised to everyone who follows Jesus. That's the good news. Right? That's good news. Okay. Um, I like what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2, 3-6. through he said, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Okay, this is, I think this is kind of everything we've talked about in a nutshell. God wants everyone to know about him and he wants everyone to be saved. But there is only one way for that to happen and that is through Jesus who gave his life so that that could happen as a ransom. But we have to believe. Okay, not in ourselves, not in Buddha, not in Allah, not in being a good person. We have to believe in Jesus. And I think this is where we come back to the basics of John 3, 16 and 17. I'm just going to see if you guys maybe just read this with me. Let's, let's read this together. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Okay, that, that's the message right there in a nutshell. Okay, that's why He came. It, it, it speaks for itself. Remember the message of Jesus. You know, one of the reasons I think a lot of people have started to classify themselves as the, the nun category, no religion at all, I think they've missed out on what Christianity, true Christianity, is really all about. 
There's a, a misunderstanding between maybe religion and a relationship with Jesus. You know, religion is about what I need to do to earn God's love. And a relationship with Jesus is about what Jesus has already done for me. Religion says, if, you know, if I'm good enough, then God will love me. A relationship with Jesus says, just come to me, imperfections and, and scars and just the way you are, just give me, give me your heart. Religion says, if I obey God, God will love me. But when we have a relationship with Jesus, we obey because God, because God loves us. And we want to serve and we want to follow Him in response to His love for us. There's a big difference. And I think if more people understood the difference between religion and relationship, it would be a huge thing. Jesus says it's not about what you can do, but what I have already done. It is finished. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So the topic today, it's, it doesn't matter what you believe. And I'm here to say, friends, it can make an eternal difference what you believe. Okay, Don't let the world sway your opinion on that. Let God's Word speak to you. Don't compromise the truth. Most of you here have said yes to Jesus, and that is awesome. Hopefully today I've reminded you of some reasons why you've said yes to Jesus. There may be some here who haven't ever said yes. You know, we'd love to talk to you more about that. We have our next steps rooms available. I'd love to take you out for coffee sometime or whatever, just to talk about it. And then most of you know people who have not said yes to Jesus yet. Okay? Uh, friends or, or family or coworkers or neighbors or maybe somebody who's, you know, even kind of following a watered-down version of Christianity. Many of them would probably say, you know, it doesn't really matter what you believe. And, and I, I think it's time to say, you know what, it does matter what you believe. In fact, it makes an eternal difference what you believe. And, you know, one of the things I think you can do, one of the best things you can do is to talk to them about what Jesus has, has done for you. To your, your story. Like, yeah, this is who I was, and this is, this is how Jesus has changed me. And, and sometimes it's more than just, you know, having a bunch of verses to pound on their head, but to say, yeah, th this is what Jesus has done for me. Um, to love on them. I mean, I, sometimes you just need to love on them, just to kind of to be Jesus to them. To maybe, you know, maybe they haven't seen that in the right way before. Pray for them. It matters what you believe. And, and so I want to take a few moments as our worship team comes back up this morning to pray. Pray for th these people that we've talked about. And so I want you to be just kind of thinking in your mind, who are some people that I know who are far from Jesus? They need Jesus. And as you think about that also, if there is anybody, there, there are no people that come to mind, you know, I think you start, you need to pray about God putting some people in your life that, that need Jesus. Because there's no shortage uh, of people around. Um, and so let, let's begin to think about that. As the band plays in the background, uh, I want to just pray for a few moments. Close your eyes. 
Ask God, God, who, who is it around me that needs you? Maybe you need to write some names down. Maybe you need to start keeping a, a journal of people that you're praying for. Put them in your phone or whatever. You know, pray about having the opportunity to, to share with them, to have some conversations with them. Just about what Jesus has done for you in your life.